Good afternoon. Welcome. Thank you so much for being with me. I'm going to hold on for a couple more minutes um, and look forward to a few more people joining us. In the meantime, I'd love, to, this is going to be a very interactive session. So I want to be hearing from you in the chat bar as much as possible. Please say hello in the chat bar. Let me know who we have with us today in the room. Hi, Marita. Thank you for joining me or uh, joining us, I should say. Who else do we have in the room with us today? Ali, hello, Ali. Our team from Only Webinars are on. Nada, hello. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm going to hold on for another minute or so just to give people a chance to, to log in. Uh, hi, Srija. Thank you for being here. Who is excited to learn all about how to start with video content? Who is excited? Who is excited? Who's excited? Nada looks excited. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Ali says, me. Great, great. Who here has never done any videos before? Who's never done any videos before? I'd love to know if you've never done any videos before. Do you have anyone like that in the room? Because if you haven't, don't worry. This is going to help you plan your content. I'll just wait another me minute. Ali says me. Okay, good. You'll feel super confident in an hour's time, which is great. Right, well, I'm going to get started. And I want to say thank you guys so much for being here and logging in on time, which is always great because you get to see the whole, the whole hour. Um, and uh, this is what we're going to be doing for the next hour. I'm going to spend the first few minutes talking about why video is super important for you right now. I'm guessing the fact that you're all here means uh, you know it's something you need to start doing. So, but why exactly? I'm gonna also cover why me, a little bit about my background, because some of you may not know who I am. Um, and then I'm gonna go into the main part of our webinar today is my content creation formula. I've worked with so many business owners and what I've realized is that they tend to ask the same questions. So I've put that all together in a formula to help you get started with your content planning. I've got a bit of a special offer for you at the end and then we're going to go straight into our Q&A. So that is our plan for the next hour or so and with that I'm going to jump straight into why video why video is super important for you right now so one thing for you to pay attention is video consumption is at an all-time high all-time high what does that mean we're consuming a lot more video content than we ever have before part of that reason is lockdown lockdown has seen a huge increase can anyone guess the percentage increase the percentage increase during lockdown lockdown i'd love to see your answers in the chat bar what do you think the percentage increase in video consumption has been during COVID-19, during lockdown? So we've got one guess so far, 50%. Marita says 80%. Any other guesses? What percentage increase? Rabia says 100%. Okay. Clearly, a lot of us have been watching a lot of video content. Well, according to Nielsen, according to Nielsen, the answer is actually 60%. But I've seen a lot of reports in the last few weeks saying it's gone up as high as 80%. That's a huge leap, a huge leap in video consumption. So clearly, we're all online, we're all searching for new content to watch. So video is, is worth investing into right now. The second thing to think about is that it has the highest level of engagement. What do I mean by that? I mean that if you were to post a photo, a blog, the likelihood of your video outperforming that content is really high. It has a higher engagement than any other type of content. So that's something worth thinking about. The third point is that all platforms favor video right now. All platforms favor video. 
What do I mean by that? So depending on which social media platform you use, you may notice that just by posting a video, you get much better results. In fact, LinkedIn have stated that by posting a video, you get 20% more organic reach. Because they're trying to encourage people to use video more, you automatically get a higher reach. As well as that, you've got platforms like TikTok, which now call themselves a social video platform, not a social media platform. So just by investing in video, you're going to get a much higher audience than you would normally. And the other thing to know is that it really does support your sales conversions. It can help lead to new, new clients. So this statistic usually blows people away. Again, in the chat bar, I want to know any guesses, any guesses, what percentage of people say they've made a sale through a video on social media? In the chat bar, any guesses what percentage of people say they've made a sale through a video on social media? I'd love to see your guesses on what percentage you think have made a sale. Any guesses? Anyone want to guess? It's going to blow you away. Only webinars, our team behind the scenes are saying 50%. Anyone else want to guess what percentage? It might blow you away when you get to see the answer. And it is actually 93%. 93% of people say they've made a sale through a video on social media, right? So what that means is that if you're not on video right now, you're missing an opportunity. Something else to pay attention to is the increase in social media right now. So 3.8 billion people are currently active social media users on their phone. What does that mean? That's half of the world's population. So definitely a very active audience on social media right now. So the reason I share that is that it's really important for you to both be active on social media, but have a very engaged video plan. And the two together is what can help drive your, drive your growth. So the time to start really, really is now. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Some of you may not know me um, or know why I'm an expert in this field. I do have over 20 years experience with over 25 international awards, including from New York Festival and Cannes. So I've been doing this a while. I look younger than I am. Um, I'm a speaker, consultant, panelist, a lot of different industry events. Wherever there's something to be said about the world of video, I'm, I'm usually asked to, to comment. Similarly, contributor to magazines like Inc., Entrepreneur, and, and so on. Um, and through my businesses, I've got uh, two businesses, TI22 Films, where we work with a whole range of brands, and Dubai On Demand, where we tend to work with more small business owners to help them on their content journey. So a lot of experience in that area. Um, but something a lot of people like to remember is that I did uh, work on Mission Impossible when they were in town as well. So hopefully that reassures you that you're in safe hands for the next hour um, on our journey. And I'm going to dive straight in to our content creation formula. And it's a whole series of steps that we're going to go through. And I'm going to start with step number one. Step number one is know your objective. Know your objective. What do I mean by that? So people create videos for different reasons. What is your why? Why are you doing it? So there's a very big difference between someone who's trying to create videos to grow their personal brand and be seen as a thought leader versus someone who's trying to create more videos to help with sales conversions and leads. Um, I'll give you an example in my case, for example. Um, if I'm trying to position myself as a thought leader, then the kind of video content that I would put out will probably talk about the future of the industry, where the market is going. I want to be perceived as someone who really understands, uh, understands my, my subject matter. And as a result, that may end up getting me more speaking opportunities or more uh, you know, engagements um, as a contributor. However, 
if I'm looking at sales for my business, I might want to focus more on how my service can support them. Um, I might be doing webinars like what I'm doing now, which is actually educating people and supporting people. Um, and that tends to lead to more sales conversions. So the first step you really need to think about is why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Know your objective because that's going to determine the type of videos you're going to do later on. So I, this is probably a good point for me to mention that if you're doing this along with me, It'd be great to have a pen and paper and jot these down because you'll probably need to go back over them. But this is step one, know your objective. Step number two is what are you an expert in? Figure out what your expertise in, what is your niche? What is the area that you can consistently and confidently create content in? For me, it's clearly video. I love talking about it. I'm passionate about it. I will talk about it till the cows come home. So what is the area of your expertise that you feel you can confidently and consistently talk about, right? What is that area? And something for you to also think about alongside that is what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? And they're not always the same thing. So people assume that you're going to be passionate about the area you're an expert in. If you're not passionate about it, then you know what? It may not be the type of content you want to be creating. The reason I say that is because once you get started with your content journey, it takes time. It takes time to produce this content. So you want to make sure that you've got your momentum up and it's something you'll consistently keep doing and you're enjoying it. So make sure it's both an area you're an expert in, but also an area that you're passionate about. So that's really, really important to think about. And that was actually our step three, which is what are you passionate about? Um, I'll give you an example from my experience. So I've been in the industry for over 20 years. Um, I spent a good few years doing a lot of shoots um, and oil refineries, um, it's as exciting as that sounds. But so as a result, I know a lot about how to film in an oil refinery. It probably makes me an expert. Am I passionate about it? No. Am I interested in creating video content about oil refineries? No, I'm not. So that's probably not an area that I should start creating content in. Always pick an area that you're both an expert in and that you're passionate about. Everybody with me so far because it's going to get a little bit more complicated as we go. So I want to make sure everyone is clear that we've covered step one, two, three. Know your objective, know your expertise, and pick an area that you're passionate about as well. I'd love to see some yeses. Marita says she's all good, which is awesome. Thank you so much, Marita. I'm assuming many more of you are all good as well. Please do let me know in the chat bar. Okay, great. Thank you, Ali. You're very excited. I like that you're excited. That's good. Right. This is where you might need to think a little bit more. All right. Step four is what I call content themes and content strands. Okay. One way of thinking about this, imagine all of your content themes are your main topics. So now that you know your expertise, what are the main topics within that expertise? Can you list them all down? What are the areas within that expertise. Actually, in, in, if everyone can in the chat bar tell me what industries you're in, then I can maybe uh, share some examples that are gonna be relevant to you. So let me know what industries you're in and I can share some relevant examples as we go along. Um, but yeah, if you've got your expertise, great. Rabia says she's an insurance broker, perfect. So we know that your expertise is in insurance. So your content themes, maybe you have, I don't know, life insurance, home insurance, um, you know, employee insurance, the various different types of insurance could actually end up being each of your themes. Does that make sense, Rabia? So type of insurance. Similarly, Ritesh, you're a loan broker. Same thing. Maybe you've got different types of loan. I don't know. Maybe you have like 
I don't know, debt loan, bank loan, mortgages. I have no idea. But the way all the various topics within your expertise are all going to become your different themes, right? So I've given a couple of examples there. And then your content strands are almost like your subheadings. So your strands are your subheading within the theme. So I'm going to go back to Rabia and the insurance example. So if you have, for example, home insurance uh, as, your, as your main theme, the various strands could be um, the type of items that can be insured, the type of, um, I don't know, packages that you have for insurance. Um, it's, it's basically all the various information that you know in relation to that topic all become strands, right? So this task normally takes some time. What you wanna do is for your individual expertise, sit down and write down all of the various themes that you have, all of the themes, all of the headings that you have, and then within that, you want to list down all of the possible content strands that you have, right? And this is probably the most, ex most important exercise for you to do because it's going to help you really plan your content. Eventually, what you're going to discover is that every single one of those strands can become a video. Something else for you to think about is if you're sitting there and you're struggling, you're struggling writing your themes and your strands, it may not be an e your expertise. So people think they're an expert, but then when they actually start writing it down, they realize, oh, actually, I don't know as much as I thought I did. So then that's not one of the topics for you. Maybe you're right about the expertise, but a particular theme doesn't have enough strands. Then maybe that theme isn't an area that you're an expert in. For example, I know quite a few real estate uh, brokers who uh, maybe they only specialize in uh, residential. If they only specialize in residential, that means that, you know, commercial, pro commercial real estate probably shouldn't be one of their themes. I think Sanjay has a question. This is probably a good time for me to mention that there is a Q&A bar. So please feel free to put any questions in the Q&A bar because I'll, I'll make sure I address them at the end. But I'll do my best to address anything as it pops up in the chat if it's relevant to what we're, what we're talking about. So... On that front, everyone clear on how they're going to take their expertise and break it into their content themes. And then within that, what are all the subtopics that make up content strands? I'd love to see some yeses if everyone's clear on what I've said so far. Who is clear? Great. Ali is clear. Awesome. 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 Thank you, Merita. Perfect. So we're going to move on to number five. Number five are types of video, types of video. There are so many different types of video and that can feel very overwhelming to people when they start. So what I want you to do is just think about three. We're only gonna think about three different types of video. The first type of video we're gonna think about are interviews, right, interviews. So interviews, obviously you've got somebody else in the video with you. This can be great, especially if you're someone who's not very confident, not very comfortable, you're just getting used to being in front of a camera because you're balancing your energy with somebody else. It kind of takes away the screen time from just you. So that could be one good reason to have interviews. A second good reason is that you can pull on their credibility. So depending on your expertise, I think I saw someone mention they were in community education. Yes, community education. So I don't, I don't quite know what that means, but what, what you could potentially do is in each video bring in a different interviewee who can 
who can elaborate on the type of the strain of education that they offer. So it brings credibility to your content because you're bringing additional information, additional knowledge, and additional, hopefully, if you've selected your individuals well, then they're people who are high profile individuals or, or who bring credibility with them. So that's something else to think about. The third reason is reach. A lot of people when they're starting their video content don't really have a big audience. They don't have a big audience and they're thinking, how am I even gonna get people to watch my video? Think about it. If you're in a video, the likelihood of you sharing it is pretty high. We're all pretty, pretty vain. If I'm in a video, I'm gonna share it. So by, encourage, by including people in your content, they're likely to share it, which ultimately increases your reach. It's new audience who get to see your content. So that's why having interviews as part of your video content mix is quite important. The second type of video is a demonstration, a demonstration. What do I mean by a demonstration? It's something where we can see a transformation, something where we can see a before and an after, something where we can see a how-to, some, some explanation, a tutorial. So for example, perhaps if you're in the interior design world, you can show a house before and after. If you are in the F&B, you can show um, you know, how a recipe gets made and how, how the final dish looks. Makeup, same thing. Tutorials really work well. But even if you're in software, something that may feel a little bit less visual, then maybe you do a screen capture of your screen and show people exactly how to use the software. Um, so really, whatever industry you're in, you need to be a bit creative and think, how do I show people? How do I demonstrate it to people? Because ultimately, video is a very visual medium. So you want to use that and you want to show people, right? So what in your video content can you show? So, so far we've got who can we interview and what can we show as a demonstration. And the third type of video is what is called a piece to camera. A piece to camera is what I'm doing right now. It's referred to as a PTC, one person talking straight to camera. This is great for any kind of knowledge share, information, frequently asked questions, where it's pretty much building your own credibility because you're the source of information. So as I mentioned, you're gonna come across so many different types of video out there, but I want you to think about just three. Three, you're gonna think about interviews, demonstrations, and pieces to camera, because that's probably enough for you when you get started, and that will fit in really well with, with your content themes. Um, Rabia says in insurance, she feels it's difficult to demonstrate uh, maybe show an emotional part, having peace of mind, having the protection. Exactly. So one way of demonstrating actually is with testimonials that combines interviews and a demonstration. If you have somebody who, um, somebody who's really uh, had a great experience, then the fact that they can talk about where they were before, where they are now, it sh still shows a transformation, it still shows a journey, it still demonstrates. So that could be a good way of doing it, Rabia, if you're in the service industry um, and it's not as easy to, to demonstrate for you. Uh, hi, Simran, thank you for being here. I believe the recording will be shared, uh, will be shared afterwards. Um, great, so hopefully we're all clear on the types of video, right? Next thing I want you to do, next thing I want you to do is remember that list of themes that we had, that list of themes? Well, now we've just learned about the three types of video, right? So what I want you to do is go back over your list of themes and decide what type of video matches which theme, right? You're gonna decide what type of video matches each theme. So I'm gonna try and explain this a bit clearer. So for example, I'm gonna stick with Rabia because I think I've started to get to know a little bit about, about what she does. So um, in Rabia's business, 
she is in the insurance industry, she might decide that one of her themes is, um, is actually to, uh, is home insurance. Home insurance might be one of her themes, right? So we've just established that perhaps all of her home insurance videos are actually pieces to camera because maybe she just keeps giving people information about the importance of home insurance, right? Um, but then she might decide that one of her themes is client testimonials. So client testimonials, she could decide are interviews where she literally interviews them, or she might decide that she does has her clients do pieces to camera where they talk straight to camera. So it's kind of like a mix and match game where you wanna look at all the themes you have and decide you know, out of these themes, which ones could be interviews, which ones could be demonstrations, and which ones could be pieces to camera. I know I'm giving a lot of information, so I just want to make sure everyone is with me. So does everyone, if I, I can see Rabia saying sure, which is great. Anyone else who's with me so far in terms of the themes and then allocating the type of video to those themes? Marita says, yep, great, awesome. Great, so I'm glad, I'm glad a few of you are on this journey with me, which is, which is good. So you're gonna do that, do that exercise. You've got reviewed your themes and then you've got your types of video. It's gonna get a little bit more interesting now because step seven, we look at the feasibility, feasibility. So what do I mean by that? So you've got your long list of themes in front of you. I want you to look at that list. Is it realistic for you to be producing these videos on a regular basis? Is it realistic? Right. I'm going to give you some examples. So I've had I've worked with people who say, yep, I'm going to interview a CEO every week. I'm going to interview a CEO every week. Awesome. Great plan. Do you know that many CEOs? Mm. Have you tried getting into a CEO's diary? If they're anything like me, your diary is packed the whole time. It's not that easy for them to give you time for something like this. So if, if that's not feasible or realistic, that may not be one of your video themes that you want to focus on. Another example, I've worked with interior designers and, and uh, you know, who say, you know what, we're going to go to our client's property and we'll show you, we're actually going to show you, um, you know, what we've done, the transformation. Great. How, how accessible is that? How welcoming are your clients going to be to you coming in with a camera to their home? Some, some people are, some people are more than happy to oblige, others aren't. So you wanna look through your theme and figure out which of your ideas are easy to do and easy to do consistently because they're feasible and which ones are not and maybe shouldn't be the ones you start off with, right? Make sense? I wanna see some yeses and some thumbs up if we're, you're with me. Because once you've done this process, great, thank you, Srija. Once you've done this process, what might happen is you may end up eliminating, you may end up eliminating some of your themes, which is okay. It's okay. You're not gonna start doing every single video idea that you have, right? In fact, what we wanna aim for is two to four. That's what we wanna aim for. We wanna aim for two to four themes at the end of the day. And you'll notice that when you started, you probably had a really long list and then you start to think about it and like, actually, I don't know as much as I thought about that topic, I'll remove that. I don't know as much as I thought about that one. I'll remove that. Actually, I'm not going to be able to film with a client every week, so I'll remove that. So you want to now put your feasibility glasses on and just stick with the two to four ideas that like, yep, I'm confident in this topic. I know it inside out. I have enough, uh, I have enough strands. I have enough strands in that theme. So I know I have enough material and this is totally feasible for me to do on a regular basis, right? That's where we want to end up at the end of this exercise which is where we end up in step eight, which is our 
location. Where are we going to film all this content? Where are we filming it, right? Um, and there are a lot of options for you, but I would say one of the things to think about is to think of a logical location that can add value to your content. So for example, if you happen to be a chef, then it makes sense to be in a kitchen. If you're a trainer, uh, you know, fitness trainer, it makes sense to be in the gym. Um, you know, find a location that is a natural fit that will enhance your content. Having said that, you can choose to be a little bit uh, strategic about your locations and see how they can add value as well. I'm going to take a pause and I'm just going to give you an example of someone we work with because I think it's a very good example and hopefully will uh, bring this to life for you. Um, we work with an author. Her name is Karen Osman um, and she, we've been working with her for about two years. So when we looked at all of her themes, she had lots of ideas, lots and lots of ideas, um, but we broke it down into four themes, right? Four themes. So the themes that she has is she has her first theme is book of the month. She loves books, she loves reading, she wants to talk about her book of the month. Her second theme is that she happens to have a good network of authors. So uh, she has an interview with an author. Her third theme is um, interviewing a personality about the book that changed their life. And the fourth theme that she has um, is she updates us on the top, uh, the top five books that month, right? So is that clear? She's got four themes, four themes. Um, so within that, what makes it super interesting, which I'll, I'll get to a bit later as well, is that it becomes super easy to plan because she now has to think about her book of the month is the strat, how many books she can do, how many authors, uh, how many personalities does she know, um, and can she stay up to date on her top five books each month. So that's when she's thinking about feasibility and, is it, and whether it's feasible. When it came to location, we actually uh, have a partnership with Borders. So this is a perfect location because she's talking about books. She's now surrounded by books. So in this particular case, the location has actually added value to the content. It's added value to the content. Automatically, it's, it's increased the credibility because you're now connecting her with a multinational brand, right? So the reason I'm telling you this story is because I think that in some situations, having a, an interesting location can also add value, add audience, and add uh, to your credibility. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, uh, I, think, I think it's step nine. Is it? No, it'll come up. I'll, I'll bring that up a bit shortly to explain how that can add value. So back to Karen and our scheduling. So there are two types of scheduling. There's actually scheduling of creating the content and the scheduling of posting the content, right? When you're coming to create the content, something we do uh, with everyone we work with is we actually film all of their content one day a month. And then you have it ready so you can post the following month. So I strongly, strongly recommend batch producing your content. It means you're organized. It means you know what's coming up and you don't need to stress about, um, you know, doing next week's video today. Um, and it just gives you a bit of leeway. Um, and I definitely recommend not posting anything until you have at least a month's worth of content with you. That just alleviates any pressure. It means you don't need to worry about falling unwell or needing to travel or whatever may happen. So schedule your time to do it. But when it comes to scheduling um, the actual posting, you want to be consistent. That's the only way anyone ever grows any awareness on online is by being consistent. And the minimum level of consistently I would recommend, consistency I would recommend is once a week. So with video content, the minimum should be once a week. 
I'm going to ask you guys in the chat bar, does anyone know the average number of videos, the average number of videos that businesses release per month? The average number of videos, just throw a number out there. What do you think the average number of videos in the chat bar that um, businesses release per month? Any guesses? Ali says 10. Okay. Any other guesses? Ali has 10. Anyone want to guess lower or higher than 10? Simran says 18. Simran, I don't know if you've heard me say this before. But yes, Simran is right. It is 18. So the average, average business out there posts 18 videos per month. So I'm not even suggesting that you go for 18 because that can really scare a lot of people and they think, how am I going to do 18? I'm suggesting you just go for four to five, which means that you go for one per week because that's how you will build an audience and build consistency. Who here is a fan of a TV show? Everyone, I mean, we all love TV, especially nowadays, we're probably watching more than we should be. Um, but like something that uh, I'm going to throw a TV show out there. Ali says, me, me, me. Okay, what TV shows? Name any TV show that, that out on a weekly basis or that had like a huge buzz. Because the one that comes to my mind is Game of Thrones. Oh, Suits. Okay, perfect. Right. So I'm very sure, Simran, with Suits, you knew exactly what day it was coming out and what time it was coming out. I'm sure. If you're a fan of a TV show, then you've got that date and time locked in. And that's probably your evening plan. And that's when you turn on the TV and you're sitting there waiting for a new episode. And, you know, you, you prepare everything. You've put your time aside. You might even have a snack ready. How do you think you'd feel? How do you think you'd feel if that show wasn't on? The first thing you're going to do is you start searching. You start searching the TV guide or you start searching online or you start Googling, thinking, have I got the day wrong? Could I really have the day wrong? What happened? You know, have they changed the time? And then you realize it's not coming on. And then you get disappointed. And that's usually when you start looking for other content. What I'm trying to tell you is it's very hard to get an audience. It's very hard to get an audience. If you've managed to get them on board, don't lose them. Don't give them a reason to go explore other content. Be there for them consistently on a weekly basis at a set time, the same way you would your favorite TV show, because that's how habits get built, right? So, it's so this is probably one of the most important lessons. It's consistency with your scheduling. But getting back to my example with Karen, you might be thinking, well, how am I going to do this consistently? Well, if we have our four themes and we have our strands, it becomes really easy to plan. So going back to Karen, if you remember, she had theme number one was her book of the month, right? Theme number two, interview with an author. Theme number three was interview with a personality. And theme number four was keeping on top of her top books. So what does that really mean? When she's planning for the whole year, which she happens to be a very organized person, so she does plan for the whole year. In January, she knows she needs to have 12 books. She needs to have 12 authors, 12 personalities, and she just needs to make sure she's up to date every month on the new books. So suddenly it's become so much simpler, right? Suddenly it's not 52 videos. How am I going to do 52 videos? It's like, okay, I just need my 12 books. I just need my 12 authors. So it's all about breaking it down to chunks that are manageable for you to plan, right? Even now, if you decide to start this now, you've got six months left of the year, right? Decide what your themes are. And per theme, you only need six of them. If you decide one of your themes is client testimonials, you only need six clients. You know, if you decide that one, and let alone if it's piece to camera, if it's a piece to camera, you're only reliant on you, you know? So you might decide that you're going to share top tips, like top tips. So you need six tips. Anyone agree this is sounding much easier than you thought? 
Is it sounding much easier? Is it simpler? This idea of having your themes and your strands and then planning ahead means literally if you have four themes, you only need 12 of those particular themes to have a full year's worth of content. Full year, and this works. And we do this you know, through, through our, our, uh, our organization, Dubai On Demand. We work with a lot of thought leaders on this and this is exactly how we plan. And it, it really helps you structure because each month, even if you do it on a monthly basis, each month, all you need to think about is, I need these five videos or four to five videos. What are my themes? And uh, you know, can I arrange them to film in one day? And that's it. And then you go on to the next, right? So I'm gonna move on to number 10. And number 10 is branding, branding. And what do I mean by that? Okay, so I'm not a branding guru, I'm a video expert, but I do think there's value to branding your content. Um, and again, I'm gonna keep using Karen as my example. We actually created a brand for her video series. Her video series is called Karen's Bookshelf. It's pretty clear, she loves books. Karen's Bookshelf tells you exactly what it is, right? Um, and with that, it, 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 it kind of separates it from her. So it's not just her anymore, it's this little, little show that she's creating. When we're talking to entities like Borders, it's like, I'd love for you to be a partner on my show, Karen's Bookshelf. When she's talking to guests, I'd love to invite you onto my show, Karen's Bookshelf. You know, it just helps give it an identity of its own if you brand your video content. So my video content is called the Content Creation Coach. Right. So I'd love to have you as a guest on my content creation coach. You know, so it just it just helps separate you from the content, um, which is something worth thinking about. You don't have to do it. A lot of people just use their name, use their company name. That's fine. But um, you may want to uh, think about how it can grow beyond you, which is where it might be worth looking at branding it as well. Step 11 is possible partners. So going back to Borders, Borders is a partner, right? It's a partner. They don't pay us. It's not a financial arrangement, but it was a perfect partner because as you imagine doing a book show, being in a multinational like Borders, it's really helped with the credibility um, of the content. So when you're striking a partnership like that, you need to think, what can I get out of this partnership? which you know, it sounds a bit cutthroat, but the point is there's value on both say, sides. It's a value exchange. So how do you make this a win-win? So in our situation, we create content in Borders once a month. Um, so obviously there's, their branding is on the video content, but what we get out of that is they promote it on their social media feeds, they promote it in their mailers, in some of the outlets where there are screens, they actually put uh, the content on the screen. We give them a poster once a month that they stick up in the store. So we've managed to get a lot of brand mileage out of the partnership. So what I want you guys to do is think about your content, think about your con content and think about all of the possible partners, all of the possible partners who can help increase your reach. Right? This isn't about money. This isn't about sponsorship. This is about partnerships because they may have a much larger audience than you do. So, and especially when you get started, you want eyeballs, right? So I know, I happen to know that Simran is in the accounting uh, services field. So there may be, I don't know, there may be CFO organizations out there who would welcome this kind of content. So it was some kind of partnership with them may mean that they're happy to promote your content on a regular basis. And in exchange, you know, you may have to, I don't know, mention them in your videos every so often. So explore partnerships, even as a venue, venues, 
Borders happen to also be a venue for us, but we work with uh, a number of other um, thought leaders who don't have a location. They don't have a venue in mind. So each video, they almost, um, you know, they, they work, they film out of different locations based on them promoting the content within their network. So it's worth you thinking about all the possible partnerships that can help grow you um, once you get your content going. Everyone with me so far, possible partnerships? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's quite important because you can get a bit um, deflated when you start. You get a bit deflated and you're like, nobody's watching my videos. You know, I've only got a certain number of views. Well, this is something that can actually help you grow. It's something that can actually help, um, you know, expose you to a completely new audience, which is why it makes sense to do it. So that moves us on to number 12, which is possible sponsors. I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen anytime soon. And I'm not suggesting that anyone should be doing this for the money, right? It's not about the sponsorships. Most people here are probably interested in video to either help with sales conversions or grow their personal brand. But it's worth thinking about. It's worth thinking about who are the possible sponsors who could potentially align with my content in the future. So just to be clear, a sponsor will probably only approach you or, or be interested in your content if number one, you've been consistent. Number two, you've got a niche following. You've got a niche following. If that's the case, then they'll kind of feel like, oh yeah, that, that brand makes sense uh, for me to spend with because I'm going to reach their audience. So again, I'm going to stick with Karen. Um, Montegrappa. Montegrappa is a pen. You know, there aren't that many authors out there or many writers out there, you know, so automatically she's focused on, a, Karen's focused on a niche, it's perfect partnership for a sponsorship, right? So it's worth thinking about that. Simran in accounting, I don't know, maybe it's, it's, you know, if you happen to do some videos about how to use different accounting software, at some point in time, you may end up with Zero, which is an accounting software package, you know, being interested to sponsor you. So it's worth thinking long-term who are the possible sponsors? And could you maybe cater some of your content to align in that direction so it's interesting for them in the future? Just something, a thought to have in the, the back of your head. I mean, in my case with video content, maybe a camera. You know, if I happen to uh, actually give you tips and show a camera and use a camera over time, a camera brand out there will probably think there's value to me using their camera, especially if my audience grows and I, and I'm, I can demonstrate that they're an engaged audience. Step 13, this is critical, which is pilot production. So um, I'm not sure if everyone is aware of this, but I run an online course and we're actually running it again starting tomorrow for the week where we teach people how to get started producing their own video content. Everything from, um, you know, choosing the right equipment to just getting a camera up there and, and starting to film, confidence presenting and filming it. But the word pilot, the word pilot specifically is used when you're trying something out. So you have your list of themes, right? And you've decided that some are pieces to camera, some are interviews, some are demonstrations, which all sounds great on paper, right? But you have to accept that not everything you think is gonna work out will actually work out the way you, you want it to. So pilot production means that you're going to give it a go. You're gonna try it out and see what works. And you stick with the ideas that do and you drop the ideas that don't, right? Uh, similarly, back with Karen, she, she had a great idea of doing an online book club. And I thought it was great. And uh, on paper, it was like, this is really good. No one's really doing an online book club. When I watched the video, I told her I thought it was one of the most boring videos I'd seen. 
she got quite offended. She's like, why? It's so interesting. Look, we're having these discussions. I'm like, yeah, but I haven't read the book. So for people who haven't read the book, watching others discuss characters and plot lines, I was, I was bored. I didn't want to keep, keep watching the video, which means it was catering to a niche within a niche, you know? So it was almost a bit too niche in that situation. But uh, we argued about it for a little bit. She didn't listen. We posted a few. They didn't do so well. And fortunately, we've now agreed to not, not continue with that particular theme. But the idea, what I'm trying to explain is that sometimes you get attached to an idea and you think it's great, but then when you just see it, it doesn't work out the way you want it to. Um, if you're really unsure, go ahead and post it. The audience will tell you what they like and what they don't like. Um, but uh, have in mind that your pilot day is going to be when you actually throw out maybe a couple more of your ideas, just so that when you move forward, you're literally moving forward with the two to three that you know work. Sanjay, I can see you've raised your hand again. So please add your question to the Q&A bar or in the chat group and I'd be happy, happy to help. So, okay, pilot production. And then step number 14 um, is where we move into distribution. Distribution, what do I mean by that? So you've made all of this effort, all of this effort um, to create the, create the video. You now need to post it and promote it and do that you know, with as much effort as possible. And keep in mind that different social media platforms require you to create the content slightly differently. So that's another thing that you need to keep in mind. So for just to give you an example, if I plan to uh, create my video campaigns for Facebook, anyone know what the optimum or suggested duration for Facebook videos are? If you can put that in the chat group, anyone know? If I'm gonna post my videos on Facebook, what the recommended duration is? Any guesses the recommended duration on Facebook? Recommended duration on Facebook for your videos. Rabia says three minutes. You're right. It is three minutes. On Facebook, it's three minutes. Um, and only after you cross three minutes um, are you visible on Facebook Watch. So that's the recommended. What about Instagram? Any guesses what the recommended is for your feed? What the recommended video duration for your feed is on Instagram? Anyone want to guess? Uh, I'll, I'll, Ritesh, I'll let you know about LinkedIn in a minute. Any guesses for Instagram, what the duration is? It is, Karima says six minutes. Actually, no, I think you might be thinking about IGTV, but on the feed, it's 26 seconds. 26 seconds. So obviously, you know, when you're creating your video content, you need to know where you plan on distributing it so that you can create the right duration. It doesn't work trying to, you know, if, if your goal is to, um, you know, be on Facebook, you can't use the same 26 second video on Instagram on Facebook. Um, Ritesh, to answer your question about LinkedIn. So there are two strategies here. There's strategy number one, which is just to raise awareness. So there are a lot of people who don't know who you are and you just wanna get their, their buy-in, you wanna get them interested in your content. So with that, you wanna go from 30 seconds to one minute. 30 seconds to one minute, which means you're literally giving one tip per, per video, one piece of information per video to get them interested and engaged. Once you have an engaged audience, LinkedIn allows you to go up to 10 minutes. So you may wanna look at five, six, seven minutes if it's something really interesting. So if you've got like a how-to or a demonstration or something that your, your audience will get value out of. Ultimately, shorter is better. Shorter does get you more engagement, but if you ha already have an audience, 
they would be interested in watching something longer. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins and Gary Vee and all these people and their videos are epic. Their videos are hours long, but because I'm already a fan, I've been converted. I'm willing to sit there and watch that duration. If I wasn't, and I was coming across them for the first time, then I, you know, the one minute, two minute bites is what will grab my interest, which if you notice a lot of these larger, well-known uh, content creators, they do both you'll find that they do the one minute, two minuters, but they also do the longer form content for their fans. So it's worth thinking about how you can have a balance of, balance of both. But the key to step 14 really is think about where you wanna distribute and distribute, right? So those, that was my content creation formula. Um, we go into that in a lot more detail in our online, online course and also start talking about practical tips on how you can uh, start producing the content and actually for a lot of people it's the um, presenting a lot of people are uncomfortable in front of a camera they haven't started before they need that kind of support so um, so yeah 12th 14th 16th it's 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and we cover all of that and and uh, yeah everyone anyone here will get a special offer I'll try and find the link shortly and share it in the chat um, and get a hundred germ hundred germ off um, but if you are interested, so we cover everything from our content strategy to presenting skills, videography skills, editing, and then we also cover uh, how to distribute it as well. So some of the tips that I've just, just given you, but in a lot more detail, so you can actually apply it. Um, we do have two days. The reason it's on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday is because we actually have assignments on the days in between to make sure that you know what you're doing and you can get uh, feel confident by the end of the week. So generally, everyone will go over your content plan because obviously in the hour we've just had, I'm sure uh, you haven't been able to fully, fully work on that. Gain confidence presenting, improve your video skills on your phone. So that's some, the question I often get asked. Um, I'm a big believer that you just need to start. You just start and you can do it on your phone because most phones these days have pretty good lenses. So how do you improve your videos using your phone? Um, we learn to edit using very simple software that's, that's downloadable. Um, and we do a full like hands-on walkthrough as well. So you really get to understand how to, how to use the edit software. Understand how to create great thumbnails. Everyone forgets this, but you, you do realize that only when your video thumbnail looks appealing and attractive and is clear, that's when people click. That's when people click to find out more, right? So um, it's actually quite important to pay attention to things like your thumbnail. And something that we've just launched, which is proving to be really popular, is access to our community. We've got a private Facebook group, WhatsApp as well, um, just where people can keep sharing their content, get feedback, um, and, uh, and ask any questions they have, and a lot of bonus offers as well. So that's what we cover. And, uh, and yeah, as I mentioned, what I will do once, once we get to Q&A is I'll share a link in the chat for anyone who is interested, would love to have you. We start tomorrow and I am offering a special rate to anyone on this webinar uh, as well. And that is, I think I'm on time, I am. So I'm on time and we're ready to go for Q&A. So if anyone has any questions, um, please feel free to either drop them in the Q&A bar or in the chat bar, anything related to either your content creation plan or perhaps if you have specific questions about video, I'm happy to answer those as well for the last 10 minutes that we have. So, uh, so yeah, let me know. And meanwhile, I'm going to stop sharing my screen and aim to share this link with you, which I, uh,
Yeah. Any question? Yes, you're right, Ali. The link isn't there. I have made a slight error. So just bear with me one moment and I'll make sure that I add it, add it shortly. So yes. Any questions for, okay. Rabia says, is there any platform where we could view the video content you created? You mean the video content I've created? Yes. If you go to, um, if you go to my uh, Dubai on Demand and TI22 Films, those are my two companies and you'll see a whole range of content. I'll put those links uh, in, the chat, in the chat group now as well. Just bear with me. Okay, so for those of you who asked, uh, so that is the link. So Ali, thank you. That's the link for the 499 uh, course. If you wanna join us from tomorrow, um, that would love to see more of you there. And uh, the companies, uh, Rabia is Dubai on, Dubai on Demand and TI22 Films. And you can see a whole range of our work and videos that we've produced. Uh, Ritesh wants to know any video editing softwares. Yes, so if you're on your laptop and you have, a, I should probably ask if you have a Mac or if you have Windows, but if you have a Mac, all Macs uh, have iMovie and actually that's a great place to start. So I would suggest using iMovie. There's even an app that, that syncs with it. So it means that you can edit on your, on your laptop and on your phone. Okay, you're on Windows. So we do all of our workshops using Filmora. So Filmora and we specifically use uh, Filmora 9. So it's worth you uh, exploring uh, Filmora 9. It's very easy to use. It's very similar to, um, it's very similar to iMovie. And, uh, and also has an app so you can sync. So those are, those are two very easy starting software packages. We do do a walkthrough of both on our on online course. They are free. Um, the, well, iMovie is free. Filmora is free, but has a very big ugly watermark on it. So the only way you're gonna get rid of the watermark is by paying, but it's not a lot. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's lifetime is like less than a hundred dollars, which is like a lifetime. So you, you never need to pay again. So it's definitely worth uh, looking at, at either of those. Uh, can you create multilingual videos? I actually recommend that you do. If you're in a fortunate position where you speak other, uh, other languages, then do it, add subtitles. So this is always an interesting question. Anyone can guess um, the percentage of people who watch a video without sound, the percentage of people who watch a video without sound. Anyone know the percentage of people who watch a video without sound? Any guesses? 80, Ritesh says 80, Ali says 40, uh, Sonica says 90. Yeah, pretty high. 85. 85% of people watch videos without sound, which means it's super important for you to have subtitles right now. That's why you're seeing an increase in subtitles because most people are watching video content when they're actually not meant to be, right? Yeah, Ali says he's part of them. There you go, you know what I'm talking about. Most people are either watching it at work, watching it on a commute, watching it somewhere they're not meant to be. Um, so, and, and not just that, if you notice, it's automatically off, right? So if you're on social media and you're scrolling, um, all the videos are, the sound is off. You literally need to tap in order to turn the audio on. So it's important to think about subtitling. 
Uh, Peach has asked a question in the Q&A bar. Thank you, Peach. Um, how do we decide on content creation themes for a fashion brand? Okay, so um, if you can tell me a bit more about the fashion brand, are you a designer or are you uh, selling items or what kind of, maybe on the chat bar, just let me know a little bit more. Um, but you could easily look at some themes could be, one theme could be about your design, your actual process. How do you design, right? So that could be a theme in itself. And within that, all the possible strands relating to designing fashion. One theme could be trends, fashion trends, like, and every single strand could be a different trend uh, that's happening. Another theme could be styling. Uh, so different stuff, like how do you mix and match items? You could have a whole series of videos, which is just styling the items. Um, it might be also where the items are available. So you might have a whole theme related to um, even seeing people wear the items, different, different ways people have worn it. Uh, you could also have a theme which is frequently asked questions, which means that, which actually is relevant for all industries. So if all industries have a theme, that's frequently asked questions. All of your strands would be all the possible questions you always get asked. Uh, nice, sleepwear, loungewear brand. Okay, great. So even what I just mentioned is still relevant. So with sleepwear, loungewear, which sounds comfortable, uh, what I would say is that one of the themes could be maybe your inspiration, right? And you just, every video is different inspiration. Another theme could literally be uh, your products. So every video, uh, each one, is a different product that you have. Another theme could be like benefits. Like each video talks about a different benefit of your particular loungewear. Um, I would say trends is a good one. So people always want to know what's trending and, and you know colors and seasons and that kind of thing. So there's a lot, there's a lot you can do, but to help narrow it down, pick the core themes and then within that what the sub sub uh, strands are. Uh, Ali, can you talk about copyright related issues for videos on YouTube, posting on YouTube and use someone else's video? Uh, copyright issues on, yeah. So copyright is, um, is very important to keep in mind. So you, my biggest advice is just don't post someone else's content, to be honest. There are a lot of stock footage libraries. There are a lot of copyright free content out there. So do your best to utilize only free content. Um, that would be the best, uh, best approach. Um, and uh, unless it's something you really want access to, then get permission. Like the number of times we've contacted the creator and got permission in order to use footage or, or you know, and sometimes they let you, sometimes they don't, sometimes they want, you know, a fee. So um, just avoid it um, as much as possible, Ali. Uh, Ritesh, for clips which are copyright, sorry, what was the beginning of that question, Ritesh? You've just said for clips which are copyright free, which are the best sources for copyright free. Okay, um, you can actually, even on YouTube, you can type in copyright free uh, music, copyright free footage, and you'll actually get a list of, of copyright free uh, music and footage. Um, also just places like uh, we use um, Unsplash, we use Pond5, Shutterstock, there are a lot, a lot of, of libraries out there. We do cover this in a lot more detail on the course as well, if that's something you're interested in. Um, but you, once you start searching, you'll find a lot of different, um, a lot of different sites out there that can help. Uh, should one post the same video on all social media platforms or tailor make them for each? That is a great question. So as I mentioned, you know, different social media platforms need, um, 
they optimize different durations and different types of content, right? So what that means is you want to make sure that you're catering your content according to that social media platform. However, one way of doing it is maybe creating one much longer piece of content and then dividing it and, and literally taking, let's say, the full video and putting the full long, long video on YouTube, but then you know, taking smaller snippets of that same video and putting them on LinkedIn um, and maybe taking even shorter snippets and putting them on Instagram. So that way you're making one big piece of content work for you across multiple platforms over time. So that could be one way, one way of doing that. Any other questions? Yes, Rabia, to have a consultation with you for our possible video requirements, should we email you on? Yeah, thank you, Rabia. That's, that's, that works. So yes, if anyone does want to reach out to me, I'd be happy to help. You can email uh, team at DubaiOnDemand.com. Um, and that's whether you're interested in just working with me or even for the course. And if you're someone who thinks you're ready, you want to commit, you want to do this with me next week. And I guarantee you by the end of the week, you will be coming out confident in creating your own videos. Then I would suggest you look into signing up for my course. Um, it is live. So you get a lot of interactivity and you get support from members of the team. And I've just put the link in the chat again again for you there. And it's a special rate because you've invested your time with me today. It's normally 599, but I'm offering it to you at 499. Uh, yeah. Yes, Ritesh, there's, I'll, I've just shared it, but it, I'll share it again. There's the link, Ritesh. So hope to have you join us. Um, any other questions? We've got like a couple of minutes left. I know I can probably help with, with something else. Uh, she enjoyed my energy. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Barty. I believe she's joined all the way from Australia. So thank you so much, Barty, for joining. I really appreciate it. That's the great thing about the web, you know, and that's actually one of the main reasons you need to start getting consistent with your video content. Once you post it online, the world is your oyster. You could be, you're reaching people in all corners of the globe. So, uh, so thank you, Barty. I appreciate that. Uh, couple more minutes. Anyone have any final questions they want to ask? Great, you see, Ali, a week isn't gonna feel like a week either. So I suggest you join me and I'm sure I can get you started with your, your video content as well. Um, because ultimately we all have to do it. We all have to start. Actually, if I, there aren't any questions, I'm gonna tell you two stories because I think these are really key. Uh, one is I was filming recently in a kitchen with a chef, actually a much older lady and um, you know, She's, you know, she reminded me of my mom, actually. She was someone who, uh, she'd cooked so much food and then she was packing the food as we left and she wanted to make sure that we all took the food and the crew ate and all of that. And so I was curious, I was like, how did this woman start creating videos? And I, I asked her, I said like, how, you know, what, what, how did this start? And she said, well, my family always loved my food. And one day, you know, one of my, my kids suggested that I just film it and put it on YouTube and see what happens. So I didn't really think much of it. We filmed it, put it up. So, okay. And she said, gradually people started to comment and wanted to know the recipe and start to like the content. So she started doing, she did it again and she kept doing it again. And in three years, she's got 2.5 million followers and she's a very, very well-known uh, Arab uh, influencer right now. Her name is Manal Al-Alam. And I just thought that was fascinating because she's in her 60s. So that was another thing. She's, she's an older lady. She hadn't done this before. She just got encouraged by people around her, posted a video, and the consistency of her posting has now got her to where she is. So I love that story. 
the other the other story I wanted to share very quickly is you know we underestimate platforms like TikTok, especially this, it's in the news a lot right now. But um, you know we think it's all for singing and dancing and and uh, so there's this kid who's I think is now 19 years old and he has like over seven million I think seven million followers on TikTok. Any guesses what kind of content he might be posting on TikTok? Any guesses? If you're a 17 year old boy on TikTok, what kind of content are you posting? You're probably dancing, jumping up and down, fitness. Well, he actually is doing lipstick reviews, lipstick reviews. Sounds unusual, not what you would think, um, but he is passionate about lipstick, understands it really well. So what he's been doing is he's been posting a video every day uh, with a different lipstick review. So he's built his credibility and now he's got to a point where brands pay him because they know that within 15 minutes he can sell their lipstick. Uh, sell them out, you know, because he's built such a strong following of people who, um, you know, who just respect him and, and appreciate his opinion on lipstick. Why am I sharing that? Because the power of just being niche in a particular area means you attract the sponsors that make sense for your niche. And it, it's not what you'd expect, but he's, he's doing a great job with it, you know. So the final words I want to say to you um, oh, sorry, I've just missed a couple of questions. Provide guidance with engaging audience and support with process of preparing. Yes, we do provide guidance to engage audience, like some suggestions and ideas, how to get them involved. Um, and also the main thing is how to get your videos started. So everything from the equipment you need, how to use it, um, and also what to think through when you're filming and what to think through when you're editing. So we'll cover all of that. I'm sharing the link one last time, Ali. So I'm hoping to see you, uh, see you hit that button and just, just leap and jump for it. Because the last word I wanna say is that Regardless of who you are, what industry you're in, the time is now. The time is now. You need to just do it. You need to embrace your niche, embrace your knowledge. Your knowledge will save you. Doesn't matter how you feel. I often tell people I'm not a particular, I'm actually a very self-conscious person. Um, I may not appear that way because I'm, I'm confident in my subject matter. I'm confident in my subject matter, which means that I'm, I deliver it well. I know what I'm talking about, but it doesn't change the fact that I feel, you know, that I've gone gray or that I feel that I've, you know, put on some weight or I, I feel those things and I'm not that comfortable in front of a camera. But what I'm trying to tell you is all that doesn't matter. Once you start talking about your expertise and you're clear about your content and you've got the confidence in your presenting skills, halas, it's done, khatam, yeah? You, you just need to embrace your knowledge and go for it. And inshallah, we will be seeing you all creating video content very soon. So on that note, thank you so much for all of your time. We've just crossed 5 p.m. I think I've addressed uh, the questions that we had. Uh, thank you for joining me. Um, and if you do wanna reach out, you can always uh, email me directly um, or I had, I had actually shared the team email. Um, I'm sharing it one more time. And if you do wanna join me on the course, I hope I've given you that final push to just do it. Then I've shared the link one, one last time. And, uh, and yeah, and yes, Karima, thank you for being here. Karima's already signed up. I really appreciate that Karima and looking forward to having you with us uh, from, from tomorrow. So great. Thank you all. Goodbye.